Check. There it is. Yeah. What is it, Tolu? Awesome. With the voice crack. Perfect. All right. And, and the definition of that is, <laughs> is a, a self-replicating material present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It's the carrier of genetic information. So all that, those are big words, all that to say DNA is the code of life. All right? Your DNA, it defines physically who you are. Your DNA is what determines how tall you're going to be, what color hair, what, what your eyes are, all these different things. All these physical aspects of us are characterized by our DNA. But not only does it characterize what we look like, what we sound like, it also tells us where we come from, our lineage. All right? So you can trace your lineage through DNA. You know there's things out there where you can do a DNA test and find out where you came from, where, where your family came from. You can do the same thing with your dogs and that kind of stuff. All that is found in DNA. Here's some cool facts about DNA. I got a picture for you too so you can visualize what I'm talking about. Here's, ooh, yeah, DNA. So DNA, what it is, it, it's coiled up in all these things, but it's made up of four foundational building blocks. And these four building blocks, they, they determine Every living thing, every organism has DNA, okay? And all these organisms are made up of these four building blocks, and that's uh, our nucleotides, all right? So I'm not going to go into all that, but you know, you probably learned that in school. But here's some cool things. Here's some cool things. Listen to this. If you were to take each DNA molecule within your body, all right, and you were to line them on top of each other and straighten them out in one line, they would travel from here to the sun and back 600 times, just the DNA within your body. Now, you're like, how is that possible? Because I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here like six feet tall. How, how could I possibly reach the sun and back 600 times? But it's because of the way it coils, all right? So you take like a string and you, and you coil it and you, and, you, and you wrap it and it gets smaller and smaller. I don't know if you've ever done that with string. It's the same way. It's wound up and coiled so tightly that if you were to unstring it and, and line it up one by one, it would go to the sun and back 600 times. Isn't that crazy? That's inside of each of us. Here's another crazy fact. Humans and cabbage have about 40 to 50% of the same DNA. So you're half cabbage. So that's encouraging, right? Some of y'all are like, man, that's better half than I thought I would be, all right? So you're half cabbage. You share 98% of the same DNA with a chimpanzee. And you share 99% of your DNA with every other human being on planet Earth. Isn't that crazy that there is 1% difference, there's 1% difference DNA-wise in all of humanity. We may look different, we may sound different, you may be black, you may be white, you may be tall, you may be short, yet there's only 1% DNA difference. And here's the craziest one, right? Well, not craziest, but it's the closest one. So 99.5% of your DNA you share with each of your parents. And you may think, like, wow, I'm nothing like my parents. I, I, I don't sound like them. I don't look like them or anything. You share 99.5% of the same DNA with your parents. What's that to say? But that 1%, that half percent can make all the difference. That half percent is what makes you unique, right? So in the same way, y'all, we are different as Christians, not because of our physical DNA, but because of our spiritual DNA, Christ has come in, and he has radically changed who we are. He doesn't just change 1% of who we are, and that's what makes it unique. He changes us eternally. 100% we are made new, a new creation. And we have a mission with that. Our mission is to reflect Jesus and make disciples. The first thing I want you all to see is that Jesus has changed our DNA. 
right? And when I talk about DNA from now on, I'm not talking about your physical DNA. I'm going to be talking about the spiritual side of uh, the spiritual aspect of us being changed. Your spiritual DNA is how I'm going to refer to that. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you have your Bibles, you can look up. We're going to have the page number up there, page 629. Bible's under your chair if you want to turn there. But I'll read it. We'll have it on the screen. So this is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. So we see here that if you are found in Christ, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're not just a little different. You're not just a little different than your old self. You are a completely new creation. In essence, Jesus has come and completely changed our DNA makeup spiritually. He's completely changed who we are. It is, it is not that this is who we are and we've changed a little bit. We are completely new creation in Jesus. We see in Scripture the, the term born again is used a lot. It talks about how believers are to be born again in Christ. And that is talking about the spiritual aspect of who we are. Not a, not a physical rebirth, but a spiritual rebirth. And that DNA of who we are, it tells us who we belong to, and that's Jesus. We are redeemed by Christ. The New Testament uses this kind of biological uh, language, you know, talking about being born again to describe our new life in Christ. So as Christians, we are born again spiritually, and we've become this new creation as we saw in 2 Corinthians 5.17. But here's the thing that goes along with that. If we are a new creation, there should be evidence of change, right? Too often do we resemble too much of the world. Yet, yet scripture tells us if we are in Christ, we are a brand new creation. Then why is it that our life doesn't reflect it? We get caught up in the things of the world and we begin to, to sink deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden we look up and we realize we look more like the world than we do Jesus. But Christ has come in and he freed us from that. He has made us a new creation. He has changed our DNA, spiritual DNA. All right. Here's the next fact aspect of this. Jesus not only changed our DNA, Jesus is our new spiritual DNA. All right? It's not that Jesus come and said, here, you're a little different. Scripture tells us that he is literally living and dwelling within us. Galatians 2.20, we'll have it up on the screen, says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You see, Jesus didn't come just to change our identity. Jesus came to become our new identity. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ that is living through me. Here's the cool thing about an identity change, an identity promise. We know that our identity isn't found in anything we can do, anything we can bring. Our identity is found in Christ. And what a promise that is now that when God looks at us, he doesn't see, Mason, you're a liar, you're a deceiver. He doesn't see that. He looks at me and he says, Mason, I see Jesus because his blood has redeemed your life. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've gone through. The blood of Jesus can cover it all. The blood of Jesus can infiltrate your life. And literally Jesus says he wants to dwell inside. And that happens through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. When we become a follower of Jesus, we literally have God living inside us. He becomes the center of our DNA strand, as it would be. Our spiritual DNA strand, God, Jesus, becomes the center of it. Everything comes from him. So I take it back to this again. Not only has Jesus changed our DNA, if Jesus is our new DNA as followers of him, how more so should our lives reflect Jesus? 
It's like when you look in a mirror, you know, you see what you look like physically. You see what the world is seeing you as, right? You go and look in the mirror in the morning to make sure your hair is okay, all right, and make sure everything is straight where it needs to be because you don't want to show up at school and someone be like, dude, you look messed up, all right? You, you want to know what your appearance looks like because you want to know what other people are seeing. I would venture to say if you were sitting at home all day, you might not go look in the mirror and see how you check and, and check yourself out and see how you're looking. Maybe you would. I don't know. But if you're going out and you're, and you're going to see how other people are viewing you, you know, you want to look and see what you're, what you're looking like. I, I, in the same way, y'all, we have to look at this spiritual reflection and say, am I resembling Christ in what I do? Because as a follower of Jesus, if we literally have Jesus and his Holy Spirit dwelling within us, then we should begin to resemble his image. We are to be reflections of the image of God. Yet so often we fall back into our old ways and, and get caught up in things of the world. And, and, and I get it. Like, I've been there. I've been there. But we're not to stay there. If, if we have a new identity, if our DNA spiritually has literally been changed, then that should be evident in the way we live our lives. And here's why I wanted to go through all that. It, it's because we have to first understand who we are before we can understand what we're supposed to do. So often we try to do so many things on the outside to try to fix what's inside. But we have to first realize who we are before we can really begin to grasp what our mission is as followers of Jesus. Our mission is defined by our DNA. Spiritual DNA again, okay? Our mission is defined by our DNA. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, most of you guys know this. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the mission that Jesus gives his disciples as, as he's going away. He says, this is what I want you guys to do, and it's still our mission as followers and disciples of Jesus to this day. But so often we look up at that mission, you know, we, you probably have it memorized at this point that you said it so many times, you know the Great Commission. But so often we look at that and say, okay, I want to try to do this, I want to try to do this. But we can't do that if we don't understand who we are in Christ. If we don't understand the change that has happened within us, the power that we possess as followers of Jesus. If we don't first understand that, that mission is impossible. Because we begin to rely on our own strength, our own power. I know I've been there, y'all. You start to do things on your own strength and you realize, man, I just can't. I'm getting burned out. But we recognize that we literally have God living within us, changing us. We should be reflecting that that's how we carry out his mission. The mission is defined by who we are. I kind of I alluded to this earlier, but in our fast-paced world, it's so easy to get caught up in how much can I do? How much can I do? I want to do this. I want to do good things. I want to. And the problem is we often think that doing things is what affects the inside. We think that if we do enough good, that we're good people. That's how the world views it, right? Oftentimes, they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I help people. They think that the good things they do define who they are on the inside. But here's the reality, y'all. Our character, it's not defined by what we do. Our character defines what we do. Okay, let me say that again. Our character is not defined by what we do. Our character defines what we do. So if you sit here and say, man, I just know I'm just not a, I'm not a good person. I'm not a kind person. Let me do these good things. Let me do these kind things, and maybe that will make me a good person. 
That's not how it works. Jesus wants to come literally invade our spirits, invade our souls, and change us from the inside out. So it gets to the point where it's just an overflowing of his spirit that's coming out. It's not that we're trying to do these good things. It's that we love Jesus. We recognize that, that, that he is our new identity and love and kindness and grace. That's just a natural reaction of what's flowing out of us. But you see, we get caught up in this mindset because the world presents it as we just got to do good things. We get, so got, get, we get so caught up in what we do that we forget who we are. I'm going to have this on the screen because I want you guys to remember this. If you, if you don't remember anything else tonight, I want you to remember this phrase, who we are precedes what we do. Who we are precedes what we do. So who you are in Jesus is going to precede the actions you begin to take. If you have a bitter spirit, if you have anger pent up in your heart, don't be surprised when anger makes its way out in, in the form of lashing out at people. But if we literally are being changed by Jesus on the inside, that's who we are. We are now a son and daughter of Jesus. That's going to proceed to affect what we do. So who we are, it proceeds what we do. Let's break down this mission a little bit. Now that, now that we know who we are, hopefully... That it's not just that Jesus is changing us, but that is literally Jesus indwelling us that affects our mission. And that mission was Matthew 8, 28, 19 through 20. When it talks about going, go therefore and make disciples. You know, I, I think sometimes we have a misconception of what that word go really means. We think uh, go at some point and make disciples or, or go on a mission trip and make disciples. But the language there is actually more of a continuing action. It's more of like a, as you go, make disciples. So when we apply that to our lives, it's like, as you go to school, as you go to work, as you're playing sports, as you're out in the community, you should be making disciples. It's not something that we do just, you know, once a year or, or once every few years or even once a month or a week. It's something that we are continually doing. It, it's, it's a call for continuous action. As you are going into your life, as you are going into all these things, we should be making disciples. Just like uh, my genetic code going back to physical DNA, it, 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 it reflects my family lineage. My spiritual DNA needs to be reflecting my spiritual lineage to Jesus. So as we are going and making disciples, it should be evident that we come from Jesus. All right? there, there should be a difference in, in what we do. Now the next phrase, make disciples, as we're reflecting and living on this life to Jesus, we should be inviting other people to come along, right? Making disciples, sometimes uh, we get that confused. We think it's just uh, sharing the gospel with someone and, and moving on. But making disciples is literally being willing to, to do the grind, to, to live life with people and show them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's not a one-time decision you share Jesus with your friends. It's, it's taking them along with you. So as we're making disciples, it's not just sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. It's bringing people along with you. The next phrase in that, in that command is teaching them. So Jesus taught on love. He taught on money, uh, sin, redemption, all the different things that, that the world encapsulated at the time and still obsesses over to this day. The teachings of Jesus represented his mission. And we're to be reflecting that mission. We're, we're, we're supposed to be reflecting uh, the image of Christ. And we do that by reflecting his teachings. 
But that's the first step. You can't reflect Jesus if he's not living and dwelling within you, if he hasn't changed your spiritual DNA. But the second aspect is this. You have to know what Jesus said. You have to know his teaching. If we're going to be making disciples and baptizing and teaching them, we have to first know what Jesus said himself. So this is where I take a moment and encourage you, man, you got to be in the word. you got to be in the word every single day to be learning what God has said and what he wants for your life. Our life is a mission for Jesus. And written into our spiritual code is the call to be God's people in this world and to invite others to be in his family. Once again, I want to leave you with this, this, this phrase that I left you guys with. Who we are precedes what we do. If you leave with nothing else tonight, I want you to know that in order to carry out God's commission... We have to know who we are in Christ. So maybe you're sitting here today and you say, man, I don't know how that affects me. I don't, honestly, I don't know who I am in Christ. I don't know if I've ever even really given Jesus my life. Man, don't wait. It's life-changing. It really is. It changes who we are on the inside. And it's literally, I can't even describe it. It just, it, it provides a hope and a joy even through tough times. So maybe that's what you need to do tonight. But maybe you're sitting in this room and you know you're a believer, but you strayed. Maybe you know you're not reflecting God's image. But you know he spiritually has changed who you are, your DNA. Man, I invite you, come back. It's worth it. It's worth it to live the life that he calls. He wants us to to be reflecting his image. And and, And it's hard work, I understand that. But it's not about what we do. It's about focusing in on who Jesus is. And as we do that, as we focus on Jesus, as we're reading his word, as we're spending time in prayer, it's just a natural reaction, natural uh, a flow over, a spill out of beginning to reflect God's image. Because as followers of Jesus, we're called to be on mission. As you are going, as you are at school, be on mission for Jesus.